All right. That was the intro of 13th Floor Elevators. You're going to miss me. Great song. I love that, like, every band from that era, (laughs) all they really did was, like, the singer would come out and be like, (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you kind of just, like, yeah, you just summed up, like, The Who. Um, Cheap Trick. Uh, Careful. (laughs) Oh, now I'm pissing you off. I'm going to piss yeah, you off. Already. A lot We've been today. here 30, 30 <laughs> seconds, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, the Vinyl Frontier is uh back. We uh we got the we got the ship ready and uh keeping this thing a going. We took a little break. There's an episode that will come out first tomorrow, literally before this. Okay. So that that doesn't make yeah that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, uh, peek behind the curtain. We took a couple weeks off. We had some shit to attend to. So yeah, the only reason I brought it up is because I, for whatever reason, forgot about the other episode that will actually be out. So I was like, oh, cool, we could do a thing. I did a Facebook post where I did the thing where I was like, oh, we had to go back to Earth for a little while and help and figure shit out. Now we we talked to Scotty. We got the ship back. Yeah, it was in the shop. Yeah, yeah. I. I did a whole bit, <laughs> sure. and I'm realizing that now the bit won't line up with this. So it's I just move past it. <laughs> I I might be getting dumber. Ah uh, man, it's hard to tell these days. Yeah, yeah you're always <laughs> fucking dumb, dude. Uh, I see you. I see you uh, cr- uh, cranking that beer, cranking the beer. God, we're, we're both beer. dumb. <laughs> cranking the what beer, beer drinking cranking, the tunes, man. man. <laughs> Jesus. How do you suck at pouring beer, dude? I, I really, really do. I went to I went too fast with it. Oh man. <laughs> dude, it we've been doing this for all of two minutes and it is so hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> I am not gonna make it. Scotty! <laughs> we can't turn the, the fan on, that'll fuck up the audio. Yeah, exactly. Well that's the issue. Don't be rude to the listener. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's take it back to the old time days, there, Mitch. What what are you uh, what, what, what are you drinking? Well, um, I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, I picked this out based off the can alone. Um, no idea. Oh, it's Urban Artifact too from Cincinnati. That's another reason I picked it out. Um, it is a nitro pour, which is why I poured it hard. So thank oh. you. Um, peach. It's the peaches and cream nitro fruit tart. Um, wow. Okay. And I mostly just picked it out because it's got this cute little raccoon looking guy on it. And he's got a peach. <laughs> a raccoon? Yeah, what's, what's what did I say something stupid? <laughs> no, that was a really interesting way to say raccoon a raccoon. See, now I'm doing it. <laughs> See? I believe the normal way to say it is is raccoon. Right, right. Well, but I like raccoon. Yeah, I mean it's just more fun that way. <laughs> yeah, a, a little raccoon. Just spice it's it up more... a little bit. Yeah, it's more playful, like a raccoon. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that beer is delicious. So I will tell you, this is um, it's very tart. Um, it's uh, it's bordering on a sour beer, but I don't think it's overly sour. Um, it's okay. It does say dairy free. I thought I I thought I got a little bit of lactose in there, but I guess not. Can we just admit that tart and sour are the same fucking thing? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. <laughs> I've gotten into a very heated argument where somebody's like, no, tart's different. And I'm like, tart is just less sour. Right. It's just it hasn't. Well, I guess if it hasn't become sour yet, I guess that would te- technically make it different. But you got me. Yeah, I don't know. You got me. <laughs> well, I'm I'm drinking a Yingling, so nothing exciting there. However, I did text you this weekend because I had a double IPA. Yeah, <laughs> which is two kind of them of a in the wa- same can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was two beers in one, dude. Um, yeah, I got a double IP. It was it, oh, it's from Great Lakes. It was called Vibalicious. Oh, okay, gotcha. They need to just stop with beer names. It's getting a little like. Is there even anywhere more to go? No, you know what I mean. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. No, I had that Great Lakes Vibalicious. It was a double IPA, which I was kind of surprised. And and. It was a little bland. Mm, okay. Which I'm like, dude, my palate for beer, totally different. Totally different. Mm. The only, because I used to drink ciders like all the time and now I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And, and, and that's kind of wild to me because now I, I'm like, like we've been talking about on the podcast here, I've been kind of going this IPA direction, which is kind of crazy. Um, the only like kind of like, beer i drank a lot when i first started drinking beer that the only one that has stuck around is line and kugel summer shandy which you don't like either i hate summer shandy yeah nobody nobody i hang out with likes it you know what i don't really like like lemon flavored things except with with this one like blew me away ryan geist has that like lemonade thing um that i thought was fantastic and you hated it yeah because and it may have been a more realistic lemon flavor, but it tasted Ooh. like like a like pledge to me. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I drink pledge, so I mean, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> so. Also, my new favorite beer, pledge. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> so spray it in your fucking directly into your mouth. <laughs> Uh, oh, Ryan Geist also has this uh, newer uh, watermelon kind of like beer. Um, it's it's kind of oh, I think it's a I think it's a um, uh, oh my god Seltzer. I'm totally blanking Seltzer. Thank you. Yeah, but it's mm. they call it watermelon, which is kind of a dumb name too. But yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it, it's just they don't all have to be puns. Yeah, yeah, you, you know what I mean. I don't they even just... get the pun about that one. It's just well, yeah, maybe <laughs> puns not the right word. Just. <laughs> Well, what was it called? Watermelly. Watermelly. Like that kind of just watermelon, but with a lee instead of an n. Yeah, actually, yeah. I don't think yeah. that is a pun, yeah. unless they're doing a <laughs> a Millie reference to the Little Wayne song, a Millie. Hey, if they were, props to them. I'm yeah, that's fully really fucking. <laughs> that's really fucking <laughs> obscure. All right, Mitch. Well, that's our segue. We found it. On to music. Yeah. What's going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, what's up? Are we doing a podcast? Are we? I, I mean, let's be honest at this point. Barely. Barely. <laughs> barely. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Well, let's, Um. yeah, do you want me to just get it, get into it or? Yeah, yeah. If you don't have any quirky, weird openers like you typically do, I don't. Or... I don't think I have any quirky, weird openers. I put a lot of work into this podcast and to Monday, so I'm kind of just ready to get the shit over with. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't I that kinda, I... the, the attitude that the listeners should want to hear? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm sweating my dick off. I have to pee. 
which the sweating thing might get in the way of that actually that's there i have two conflicting issues yeah <laughs> um and i'm just all around just uncomfortable in this hot ass sweaty room because i think the heat's on and we didn't turn it down <laughs> so i think it's like easy 70 degrees in here right on well now that we're both in bad moods let's um let's get started uh yeah let's have a friendly discussion <laughs> of music i'm sure nothing will go wrong uh okay so um at the beginning of this uh little episode here i had a little easter egg uh, i played uh 13th floor elevators uh because that has been a very uh highly rated band for me ever since i first saw the movie high fidelity high fidelity the movie from 1998 with john cusack um that's how they begin and end the movie on that song um and it's really cool they actually do this thing where um <clears throat> it's like playing as the intro to the, the movie and then he kind of like turns the his stereo down and it turns down the volume in the song so they kind of incorporate this the soundtrack into the movie um which i i think is really cool when people do that but anyway um if you couldn't tell i'm a huge fan of the movie high fidelity um i probably saw it for the first time like 10 15 years ago and um I went. I try to go back and rewatch it probably at least once a year, just because I love John Cusack. Uh, big fan of anything he does. Um, and <laughs> I really am. I, I don't know why. I don't get it. Okay. No, I I kind of have respect for that. That's just a that is a sentence you don't really hear. <laughs> I know, right? Especially a big in this day John and age. Cusack. Guy. Yeah. Big John Cusack. Big guy. John Cusack guy. Um, right. Also, Jack Black is in it, which is great. But um, yeah, upon rewatching it this most recent time, I kind of realized, like, oh shit, a lot of the music that I listen to nowadays, um, I probably heard for the first time in this movie. It kind of, in a way, shaped my shaped my musical tastes a little bit. So I kind of had this really stupid idea. Um, to kind of uh, pay my respects to the movie High Fidelity um, again in the year 2023. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, I mean, I guess a little bit like backstory. Um, I've always kind of had this idea where I want to list like force myself to listen to way too much music so i thought the movie high fidelity would be a great reason uh to to take that on so what i did is a couple weeks ago sat down watched the movie and i wrote down every single band or song that they mention in that movie um, whether it's, you know, they're talking about a specific band or if they, you know, make a one-off comment about like Elton John or something, which happens. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to write this down. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick out an album to listen to and just see how long I can get this playlist to be. See if I can really just make myself do it. So <laughs> by the end of the movie, there were 61 different albums mentioned. Meaning, in the past 12 days, and it only took me 12 days, I thought it would take me longer than that, I have listened to 61 different albums by 61 different musicians, and that is all I've been doing, so... So you so you did listen to every album all the way through. Every minute of every album all the way through. I needed to do it. I really there were wow. times I really wanted to skip around but I just couldn't. But <laughs> wow, that's kind of okay, that's that I did not realize that because I think the first when you started pitching the idea and just said this was something that you really wanted to do, I think you even said I'm not going to listen to every 
song on every album. Well, so what happened was um, I also had this idea to simultaneously because because you start watching the movie. Right. And the thing about it is the dude works in a record store. So, yeah, there you know, there are these bands that are part of like the script and everything, but also they make quote unquote references to different bands, like not even verbally, like you'll see a poster for this random band. And then, you know, in one scene, this, you know, he might be wearing like a t-shirt from the you know red hot chili peppers or something so so then i was like okay where's the line because if i really do this yeah the dude works at a record store so every time you see a random record and recognize it like well i gotta listen to that like no that's ridiculous you can't do that you know maybe i should have but i feel like listening to 61 different albums um that they mentioned in the script was enough for me to be like that is insane um yeah and yeah it, <laughs> i would say so i counted down well there's going to be a couple caveats in there because actually fast forward to the end i listened to a couple albums that were from the deleted scenes <laughs> not I even just, in the movie <laughs> i just fucking looked at one and it was the otis redding song maybe an album i'm not mm-hmm. sure i think the album but it yeah. yeah also from a deleted scene also from a deleted scene yeah it's not even in the movie but i was like you know what uh i like i like otis redding so as much shit that i had to listen to on this album i kind of want to squeeze in otis redding and then the sex pistols is the other one but we'll get to that mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah i see that i see that um so here's my thing before we do this before you have this plan i kind of want to know because i've seen high fidelity and i unfortunately did not end up watching it to prepare or re-watching it to prepare for this podcast but we just talked about it and i have a pretty (laughs) decent understanding of the movie it's not exactly you know the departed like it's pretty simple well, yeah. Well, we said this before recording, but I think it's worth mentioning. I put 47 hours into this playlist and probably yeah. another two hours into the movie. You couldn't be bothered no. to no. just even watch a scene. I watched the deleted scenes. There's a YouTube video with 13 minutes of deleted scenes. You couldn't devote 13 minutes, but, you know. Well, I mean, you know, you had it covered. <laughs> you know what I mean? I figured yeah, I out who the cinematographer sure. was. That's true, which I did not know. So, <laughs> which I'm going to put it in the fucking podcast just because he said that it's Seamus McGravy or Garvey. <laughs> I like McGravy better. McGravy. He's very good. Irish. He did the cinematography for the first Avengers movie, and also in 2006, apparently Charlotte's Web and the Oliver Stone movie about the World Trade Center. So, and now go you to know. Be- <laughs> go to bed tonight with that information in your head. Yeah. and and i'm gonna do a thing that's happened to me a lot you're not gonna forget it you think that you're gonna forget it i'm saying it right now everyone listening to this you're gonna you're gonna be like i'm not gonna remember that it but because i'm making it such a big fucking deal and i'm telling you that you will fucking remember that Mm -hmm. one day you're gonna be at a (laughs) trivia and they're gonna be like who did the cinematography for the Avengers movie and also the World Trade Center movie that Oliver Stone did, <laughs> which I've never seen, by the way, and I'm sure it's fucking wild because Oliver right. Stone is like fucking absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you will remember that. So if you're listening to this episode, join the collective of people who know <laughs> Seamus McGarvey. 
Sweet. <laughs> um, oh, wait, no, that brings me back to my original question. Why do you like this movie so much? Because when I first watched it, I did really like this movie. It did not change my perspective on anything. Okay. And to be honest with you, I kind of hate John Cusack's character because at least right away, like he has a character arc, but man, is he fucking insufferable. Yeah. He's, I think that's the point. I think he's supposed to be kind of this like pretentious, like uh, sad boy. Like, Oh, my relationship sucks. Yeah. I don't, (laughs) yeah. Like, and I think that there, and even at that time, like I was into vinyl and stuff like that, but I wasn't like anywhere near like I am now. But I still hated the fact that every time he would bring up, because they did it like a couple times to reference that he started to organize his albums by like autobiographical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone <laughs> thought that was so cool in the movie. And I was just like, that's the fucking dumbest. That's, yeah, that's what I, you think I wasted two weeks listening to this playlist? That's, that's a waste of two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's, there's, there's absolutely no fucking way that that works for every right. album. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just looking through this and I'm going to be like, what is he doing? Is he like, yeah, craft work is more autobiographical <laughs> than like Sheryl Crow. Right. Like how, how could you possibly do that? And I was like, that's so it's yeah. I, honestly, I hated that em- enough to say it sounds like somebody who doesn't know music trying to write something for <laughs> people who are into music. Like I fucking hated that. Right, but yeah. I like the movie. I always thought it was a really good movie, uh, but this movie seems to be like somewhat like. I, I mean, is it is it your favorite movie? Uh, it's top five for sure, which is ironic. Um, so, <laughs> right. yeah. So um, when I when I first saw it, I think was actually around the same time I was kind of getting into vinyl. Um, and you have told you, we said, I've, I've always loved John Cusack. Um, I think love his character in this. I obviously fucking love Jack Black. Um, and then the right. other guy in it, the weird, like bald guy, like he hasn't really been in much stuff, but I love his character too. Um, he's kind of like the dweeby, like music nerd. Um, I just kind of relate with all of them. Um, the biggest thing I relate to is that like, you know, well, like we talked about, there are a few scenes in the movie where just, where it just shows them hanging out in the record store and you know jack black's character was like you know okay what's your top five track one side ones and then the guy's like oh good question um nirvana never mind uh massive attack and then and i just thought that was kind of cool because like I'm, you know, such kind of a music guy that that's a similar conversation that I've had with my friends, you know, whenever we're bored. Uh, hey, what's your top five albums? What's your top five? You know, like whatever this. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And then also at the same time, I was kind of thinking like, man, if that is what it's like to like own or work in a record store, just spend all day kind of shooting the shit with your friends, talking about music, listening to music, like that is kind of what I want to do. Um, so that kind of like set me on this journey to like, you know, it is still eventually my goal to basically own a record store. Um, and I'm kind of, (laughs) don't give away, don't give away too much. Um, I'm kind of working on it. So it, and every time I watch it, I'm kind of reinvigorated about like, oh yeah, this is kind of why I got into it. Um, you know, just, uh, and then 
Yeah, that's pretty much the big reason. I think it's just so it's so personal for me. And then also the music that they talk about in it really did shape my my musical taste today. Like if you look at the soundtrack, like it's it's just full of heat. <laughs> they did a damn good job picking out number one, the soundtrack. And then also just the bands that they talk about are like iconic and again, personal to me. <laughs> yeah yeah um no totally i think that that's what's really interesting i mean i did but dis- despite the one line that drove me crazy that kept coming back i do think they actually did a good job because that's exactly mm-hmm. what you do when you're a music nerd and you have friends that are music nerds you sit around and you talk <laughs> about man what's your favorite you know fucking b-side like what's your what's your favorite bootleg dude you know (laughs) what i mean like you talk about shit that no and trust me no one cares about right (laughs) um (laughs) which honestly is kind of what this podcast is oh 100 (laughs) percent, yeah (laughs) yeah so i mean no i i totally get it uh i'm i'm super interested i once again love when you talk about the things that you're super passionate about um because you do shit like this like I do this kind of thing in my brain, but I have no ability to put it down on paper and organize it, which is why I'm the rambly one on this. You know what I mean? This is why I ramble so much. I never would have thought to like have put it. Okay, why did you put a date list in column? Why do you need to remember uh, mostly, what day you listened to? Mostly it? that was just a checklist for me to make sure that like while I'm going through to make sure like, oh, I still have to listen to that one because I did oh, skip around oh. a little bit. I listened to the playlist um, and then, you know, like certain times like I was at work and like I was kind of like in a bad mood. And then like, for example, the Bell and Sebastian album came on and I'm like, I cannot fucking listen to Bell and Sebastian right now. So I'm going to skip ahead to something fun like Rolling Stones, but make a note that I still have to go back and listen to this Bell and Sebastian. So. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And wow, incredibly thorough. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm super stoked. I will admit that I've only kind of like slightly talked about it, but I, for the first time, surprisingly, watched the movie Singles not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I honestly probably have a really big affinity for that movie. I need to go back and watch it again and really see how I feel about it. Um, but I may do something similar with that movie. Mm-hmm. I will definitely not have 61 albums to listen to, <laughs> but I would like to put in some work because that movie is really um, if I would have if I would have watched singles around the time that you probably watched High Fidelity, it would be my favorite movie mm. and people would probably be tired of me talking. About it. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you've only watched it about a month ago and I'm kind of already tired of you talking about it. So yeah, I, yeah I, I'm I, just kidding. <laughs> I, no, yeah. I mean, trust me, I will continually find ways uh, to bring it back in. So, um, but yeah, no, anyways, I, I just, I wanted to hear it straight from the horse's, horse's mouth uh, because uh, yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I, and I, I think of all the movies to, to be, slightly obsessed with i do think high fidelity is a very good choice yeah um because it is a, it is also just a good movie mm-hmm. yeah you know what i mean it's just a solid film and yeah I'm a, I'm a little bit of a movie nerd so i <laughs> i get well, off a little bit on the movie aspect there there are some movies that just kind of like speak to me on a personal level that like hit me exactly where i am in my life and yeah, that i that sure. i try to go back and watch like again once a year just because i feel like it's i i need to like you know, 
I, I owe it to myself. Another one for me is a chef. Um, I'm not a chef. Yeah. I don't really love cooking, but that movie is so personal to me because it's about family and, um, you know, while well, starting a food truck with your family. So, and I just, every time I watch it, I'm just kind of like inspired to go out and like kind of do my own thing, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, you, you know, it. it's, you know, it's fun. What's that? Never seen it. Are you serious? You, we've Dude. had the, yeah, we've definitely had this conversation multiple times. I never watched it. Damn, that's crazy, man. You got to watch it. I think we should watch it together. I would love to watch. We're back. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I might keep the whiplash thing in. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you know, you know, Mitch, you know what I appreciate? I'm definitely going to keep this in. We're going to have a little friendship corner. Oh, no. Um, My favorite part about you is you have, I think you do a really good job of not overthinking. You have, you're honest to God. A, I I think that I'm laid back, and most people laugh at me when I say that. And but I'm realizing is like you are so incredibly laid back that you don't think about every single thing that you're doing a thousand fucking times while you're doing it. Yeah, sometimes that bites me in the ass, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I think it's fucking rad, dude. I think it's fucking cool. As a person who does think about what they're doing a thousand fucking times. It is exhausting and kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there, I can see both sides of it, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it. It help. It's it. It loosens me up, which I dig. <laughs> it's helpful. But anyways, please allow us to get into the meat potatoes here. I want to hear about all sixty. I need a detailed <laughs> review <laughs> for all well, sixty-one of these albums. Luckily, you have it. Um, oh yeah, I'm no, going, I'm looking at it right here. Actually. And I'm not going to share this, but um, yeah, I'm not going to share the the master list with anyone else. But yeah, I got so weird about this, so anal, so so overthinking about this, if you will, that um, I I created a Google Doc spreadsheet because I wanted to kind of keep track of what I had uh, listened to, and I even uh, you know ranked them out of ten. I gave them a rating, um, and then I put a little commentary. But I'm not going to go through all 61 albums with you. I'm just going to give you the hits. Um, so first off, um, my first impression, I'm super fucking glad that I did this. I think it is a really cool exercise that anyone should do. It doesn't have to be high fidelity, but I was talking to another friend about this, but like, cause I was telling him about my plan and he was like, yeah, man, that's so cool. Like, you know, you, t- you kind of take music for granted. Like Spotify is everywhere. You can listen to anything you want to listen to at any time. But what happens, and this is going to sound like kind of dumb, but like, what if you would were to force yourself to listen to shit that you really didn't want to listen to in the moment? Um, And that's what I got out of this. And even the bands that I like didn't want to listen to, I got some good stuff out of. Um, And more importantly, um, after doing this, and I told you, so, you know, while at work, I listen to music all day, every day. So that's why it only took me 12 days to do this. But for those 12 days and some, you know, some weekends thrown in there, this is all I was listening to. I did not, you know pay attention to my podcasts that i listened to i didn't even listen to little steven's underground garage which i love i'm like three episodes behind on that but i tell you what i finished this uh this project today and as soon as i was done i was like well what am i gonna listen to now and i was like fuck yeah i got three episodes of little steven's underground garage to catch up on um yeah (laughs) and a whole bunch of podcasts to catch up on 
when you said uh what happens if you make yourself listen to something you really don't want to listen to i had an episode one flashback of the auto harp oh yeah right yeah because i'll tell <laughs> yeah, you that happens you really end up hating the fucking auto harp <laughs> right. just can't, can't do it um alrighty, so here um i i think a decent place to start is um i so i told you i ranked these uh one out of ten for every album that i listened to and um here are the best albums that i listened to some of them surprised me um i'll start with uh these are the albums that i ranked a nine or ten out of ten. Oh, okay carol oh. king tapestry Maggot Brain, Funkadelic. Yep. Neil Young, Tonight's the Night, which, sidebar, um, it's not actually in the movie, but in the movie, um, you know how he's, he's got records all over his house? Um, so this one was kind of tweaky of me. <clears throat> his whole thing is like, you know, top five records or whatever. He had um, five, only five albums hanging on his wall. And so to me, I interpreted it as these are the top five albums that Rob, the character loves. This, these are his top five albums. So even though they're not mentioned in the script, oh. I'm going to go list. I'm going to listen to them. So I, there That's are some, clever. there is some crossover where I didn't, you know, I listened to music that wasn't actually in the script, but I felt like for something like this, it was important enough of a kind of Easter egg that I should. Um, so yeah, one of, uh, yeah. So here are Rob's top five albums, um, which was maggot brain funkadelic. Um, yeah, tonight's the night, Neil Young, which I gave a 10 out of 10. I have never sat down and listened to that album before. 10 out of 10. Um, and then his other top five albums were Beach Boys, Wild Honey, um, Sonic Youth, Goo, and The Minutemen, Double Nickels on the Dime. Um, but anyway, we'll go back into my... Uh, and I gave a 10 out of 10 to both Funkadelic and Neil Young. Yeah, and I was going to say, actually, the the main one that surprised... I mean, you love Funkadelic. Like, you love, love Maga Brain. Yeah, you've talked about that album quite a bit. Uh, Neil Young does kind of surprise me because, like, you... I don't think you've ever hated Neil Young, but you yeah. definitely never really was very interested in Neil Young. Absolutely. Yeah, I um, have never really, like... Uh fucked with uh neil young as much as you have i know that you know he's it so kind of cool. always flew under my radar i but well yeah anyway so i mean i guess i'll give you the kind of the commentary on what i thought about that tonight's the night album um i did a little like digging um about this album basically I mean i read the wikipedia page and apparently he wrote these songs um a few months after both his drummer and his roadie died of drug overdoses um so it's kind of a really raw album um, and then I also wrote, I love the sound on this album. It sounds like he's stoned and tired and just ready to go to bed. Um, which is so cool. Like, I mean, I've, I, you know, I, that's what I like about New York. He doesn't give a fuck. Um, Dude, yeah, honestly, like he's quickly becoming like a personal hero of mine. Cause I've, yeah. I dude in high school I did, uh, this painting of Neil Young. I did like my own little abstract style painting of him. Uh, and because I got the picture, we, we, you had to take a picture and emulate it, do your own thing. Right. I found an article of him in the, in Rolling Stone or something like that. Fucking dude had an aneurysm and had like brain surgery and then went out and toured later in the year. Wow. And he was just like, fucking whatever. Like he, dude, he's the fucking coolest dude. He's amazing. Like part of the reason I love him so much is because of Pearl Jam also. Yeah. Like, yeah. and 
Yeah, no, no, he's a fucking badass. Completely. And um, this album, especially Tonight's the Night, was, and I, I wrote this out, I'd never put this together before. This is an alt-country album. Mm-hmm. Like, I listened to alt-country. I didn't really know alt-country was a thing. When, like, when was this album from? Like, 70s, 80s, something like that? Um, I don't even know. But I, I wrote, he's a 70s Jeff Tweedy. Because mm, yeah. the way that Jeff Tweedy presents himself in his songs, he's not the best singer, but he kind of just goes at it anyway. I feel like Neil Young, obviously, you know, res- much respect to Neil Young, but I'm a Wilco fanboy. And until I made that connection that, oh, my God, Jeff Tweedy, he's kind of doing Neil Young. Um, now I understand Neil Young. That's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. What well, do you think Neil Young is not a strong singer? Uh no, I don't think he's a strong singer. <laughs> you ever do hear him do the fucking <laughs> high harmony in Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young? Cause no, man, I don't. Damn. I don't fuck with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. <laughs> what the fuck, bitch? You just <laughs> we just got you to Neil Young, man. I know you got to give me some time, man. Baby You're right. steps. You're right. <laughs> I did. Uh, I I did see that you put. Oh wait, okay. I haven't looked. I haven't even looked at this Google sheet correctly. I also don't know how to scroll. Here we go. Okay. Only thing that pisses me off is I had to listen to it on YouTube with ads because Neil Young's too good That's for true. Spotify. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> how how do you? Okay, we got to move on from Neil Young. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's just keep going. Okay, um, then um, which, while we're on the topic, one of Rob's top five albums is The Minutemen, Double Nickels on the Dime, which I had never released in The Minutemen before, although I know that they're kind of like, you know, legendary. Um, and I gave it a six out of ten. I wrote, are they called The Minutemen because all of their songs are a minute long? Because that's what it is. Um, it was okay. It was like a weird, funky, um, punk version of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, and then I discovered... I uh, didn't know this. They have a song called Corona, which is actually the Jackass theme song. <laughs> that yeah. now, now, now. That's a Minutemen song. Didn't know that. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I watched a documentary about the Minutemen, so I fucking love them. They're fucking oh. wild. Like, just their music isn't like inherently complicated like you're not i mean yeah they're not like fucking rush or whatever but it is so complicated because then they would go out and do that shit live mm-hmm. which is yeah. hard for me to fathom right. um but yeah no i love the Minutemen. i i don't love your red hot chili peppers comparison but i i i guess i get it i mean it's kind of like a funky punk so ska i feel like is ska the word yes yeah is the yeah. word you're looking for yeah <laughs> um and i do i do think they're kind of credited as being not the inventors of ska but being a part mm-hmm. of where ska may kind of got it roots from sure yeah um okay and then uh the other t- nine or ten out of ten albums i gave nirvana Nevermind, obviously um shangri-la's leader of the pack didn't expect me to give it a nine out of ten but it was a blast um the shangri-la's are kind of cool it's like very dated 50s sounding um I mean, just go back and listen to it. I think I wrote down, it reminds me of the uh, uh, the Grease soundtrack. So if you put yourself in that headspace, doo-wop. you're going to love it. Yeah, doo-wop for sure. Um, and um, another one, 10 out of 10, Rolling Stones, Let It Bleed. Fucking fantastic album. That is a good one. I've always been a Rolling Stones fan. I couldn't really pick a favorite album until I listened to this one. 
What What is your favorite Stones album? Yeah, uh, actually, that's what I was going to say. I'm 50-50. I'm 50-50 on the Stones. Oh, really? I think some of their hits are great. Like, my some of my favorite rock songs of all time are Rolling Stone songs. However, they're only the singles. Yeah, that's fair. I you know that. what album I did listen to was their disco album all the way through. Oh, I've not listened to that one. It's not bad. It's got Miss You. You know the song Miss You? Okay, okay. That's their no. disco album. <laughs> I think that I think the album is called Some Girls. I don't oh, know, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's that album. Uh I, I go back and forth, man, on the stones. It's hard. I'm just more of like a who kid. You know what I mean? And that's like I, I could go through their whole discography and tell you, you know, that ranking. Yeah. Something about the Stones, man. I love it. I fuck with it. But then I sit down to listen to, you know who I don't like in the Rolling Stones? Mick Jagger. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's the worst part. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm 50-50. But I will say that Let It Bleed is a really fucking good choice. It really is. It's basically, and I didn't know there, there were some like, kind of like folky country versions of some of their like hits. They, they do these stripped down, like acoustic versions of their own songs, um, which I think is really cool. Um, also, <laughs> I could see you in the spreadsheet, by the way. Oh, you can see me. Moving yeah. This is really trippy. Yeah. It's <laughs> <is> really weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, also, you can't always give, get what you want is on that album, which I forgot. And it's kind of like a weird closer because it doesn't really match the rest of the album. Yeah. But... And that is probably my favorite Stone song. Yeah. it's And it's produced beautifully, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. such a such a fun song to listen to. Have you heard Tig Notaro's joke she does about uh, that song? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I don't even know who you're talking about. Into... Oh, really? Uh, we got we got to take this off mic. <laughs> okay, yeah. Maybe if I saw him, maybe I would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Did you just assume the gender, man? <laughs> All right, another 10 out of 10 album, The Beta Band, three EPs. Love The Beta Band, and I only have ever heard of them because of this movie. Oh, but okay. it is fantastic. Okay. Um, Next 10 out of 10, you're going to love this. Sheryl Crow. Didn't know I loved Sheryl Crow, but I fuck with Sheryl Crow so hard. I'm ride or die. Um, (laughs) And I guess here's why. Um, I didn't realize she was like so political. She's very like left-leaning, but her self-titled, I guess, first album came out in 1996. Oh, self-titled. I was trying to figure out what ST was. I was like... soundtrack what uh, yeah self-titled okay but um yeah man and i think i even wrote down that um she's basically like a funner like not quite as country version of the dixie chicks in her political statements um she has a song about um uh like school shootings and again this was in 1996 and it's still very much relevant jesus christ yeah all right she's got a song about distrusting the government it's fantastic there's so much like it's so much deeper than i thought but then obviously you know there's also awesome some like pretty popular songs on there soak up the sun i think is on there anyway uh the next 10 out of 10 fleetwood mac uh self-titled from 1975 um then we got bruce springsteen i gave it a 9 out of 10 uh pretty high 
And then nine out of 10 was Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. And then 10 out of 10, Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. Ah. And I don't know if this one might have been like a compilation or something, but it had some, some, yeah, I don't know. It's a really good album. I've had trouble going back and listening to Otis Redding's catalog because um, he's easily been like one of my favorite singers of all right. time. I love Otis Redding. I never really have put in the effort of truly learning his catalog. It's very complicated. You know who it reminds me of? The Temptations. Okay. Yeah. Can see that. I don't think they did that many actual albums. Mm -hmm. They did a few, and then most of their shit was like covers, singing other people's songs, uh, going back and doing a live album. It was like Otis Redding has a lot of that, but also, you know, he died. So I think his career kind of got cut short. And with that, it's like flooded with anything he ever touched. And Mm -hmm. and they released that. So Otis Redding has a very complicated catalog. I couldn't even tell you about his actual albums. He has an album technically with Jimi Hendrix when they did the Monterey Pop Festival. He did two songs on it. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like it's wow. very, con- yeah. yeah, it's very confusing. It's hard to keep track up with him. He, him, and then Temptations. I've never gone back because I don't, I don't know how to. That's interesting. I kind of feel the same way about Johnny Cash, which is another uh, yes. album that I listened to in this. Um, yep. Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire. I had a really tough time deciding like what album do I even listen to because if you like pay attention, the man's got like seventy fucking albums, yeah, and half of them are like compilation albums. Yeah. Best of Johnny Cash, nineteen sixty five to nineteen sixty eight. Best of Johnny Cash, nineteen seventy two to nineteen seventy six. What are we doing? yeah well and i think that in that early kind of like late 50s early 60s i don't think albums were really that big of a deal i think it was singles and 45s i think that's Mm. i think that's was bigger than that yeah makes sense and i have a conspiracy theory as that's one of the reasons that the beatles were so regarded as ah. being the best rock band is because they would put together an album. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And intentionally do it that way. And I think that played to surprisingly their favor and why they were, you know, why people really ate that shit up. I think mm-hmm. that's why, because I think at the time people just didn't really do albums, not in the way that we think about albums now. Um, I, th- I think it was just really, yeah, a lot of 45s, a lot of singles or covers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. was like a really big thing cuz Johnny Cash did like multiple gospel albums for sure yeah <laughs> and i'm not even sure if they were really good because you don't ever see them or interact with them so it's just it's fucking wildly confusing i've never understood yeah. it so i'm i'm with you yeah, cool, good. Um, alrighty, so the next, um, so that was all my my best albums that I listened to, and here's the worst. Um, these are all, all albums I gave a one through three out of ten. First one, James Taylor, Sweet Baby James, one out of ten. I cannot fucking stand James Taylor. Oh, yeah. It's just so boring to me, man. <laughs> like, God, it's painful. It's not exciting music. I can't lie to you. I mean, I, uh, you know, in that genre of music, I think I tend to like the female singers more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like their voice that suits it. Maybe it's just like more interesting perspective in songwriting. 
I have a love hate thing, but but fire and rain on the right day will make me cry. Okay. So fucking <laughs> agree to disagree. I, 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 the worst part about our friendship is when I'll say something like that, and you're like, "Wow, good for you." Like, Old just, stance. I have nothing else to say to that. Like, that's fair. No, you're yeah, you're right. I don't know, but I, you know what, I haven't done listen to the whole fucking James Taylor album, so that yeah. kind of answers it. My, you know what? Yeah, I think I literally wrote down "Finally Fire and Rain," a song I've heard, um, oh. or a song that like isn't absolutely terrible something like that oh, wow. um <laughs> then after that um gordon lightfoot summertime dream one out of ten yeah you're getting a one gordon <laughs> this is the one that before the podcast that l- actually i if i could i would love to read it <laughs> go ahead please because literally i saw this and i saw gordon lightfoot and and i actually feel the way I, probably about gordon lightfoot that you feel about james taylor I oh, fucking yes, hate you. Gordon Lightfoot. I don't know why he was ever popular. I don't get it. There might be something I'm missing. I'm willing to admit it. But, oh, my God, I fucking hate him. Him and John <laughs> Me Denver. Me, too. Oh, John Denver sucks. Yeah, Gordon Lightfoot, <laughs> John Denver, those are the... I fucking hate these people. But Mitro, and this is the fucking best, because it is it is so true. He's a great singer-slash-songwriter, but man, this music is not my jam. <laughs> Very boring. And I'm like, that's what it fucking is. It's like, yeah. I can't even call the songs bad. It's just, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You're putting me <laughs> to sleep. Do something. Right. <laughs> sure. But I always hate Gordon Lightfoot. That was super. Fu- and then I, I also loved them that you put, at least it's pretty short. That was yeah, that point. was like, yeah, I tried to like find something good about every album. And the best thing about that album is that it's only like a half hour long in comparison to the other hour, hour 15 albums I've been listening to. It's it went by pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, You're not going to like this. Uh, Righteous Brothers, three out of 10 from me. Dude, honestly, you want to know how I feel? I could name you one Righteous Brothers song. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that makes me feel better. And and it's not that it, it, it Oh, you know what? I was thinking of I always get them confused with Three Dog Night and I don't know why. Cuz you like Three Dog Night, don't you? <sighs> Bitch. Yeah. I mean, they've got the Eli's coming song. It's like your thing. Y- yeah, <laughs> no, but I also like really like Three Dog Night. I just I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't need the Three Dog Night thing on blast that I'm like really <laughs> into fine. Three Dog Night. Dude, I I talked for four minutes about Cheryl Crow. (laughs) (laughs) Or true, but, you know. I just, there's a few bands I'm a little bit embarrassed about how much I like them. Three Dog Night, uh, um, Doobie Brothers, and probably Molly Hatchet. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just a, it, it's just it feels like a very white trash part of my soul that I'm a little <laughs> embarrassed that I'm like, dude, almost any Doobie Brothers song or album that you could put on, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> like it. That is pretty white also, trash. <laughs> also, also Jethro Tull's moving up there because I want to fucking hate oh, him, dude. No. But every time I put on one of his albums, it's a fucking bop, dude. Jeez, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I know. I get it. But yeah, no, I know a few Righteous Brothers tunes, but I. Yeah, I don't... I get this one. Oh, and then I also wrote down, um, I think he ends the album with a cover of Dinah Won't You Blow Your Horn. 
That doesn't like, even make sense. I I know. That's like a folk song. You don't cover that and end the album with it. Jesus. So weird. I think that I could have lived out the entirety of the rest of my life, perhaps even longer, without ever thinking of the song, Dinah Won't You Blow Your Horn. Yeah, seriously, right? And you brought that right back <laughs> into my consciousness. Right. I think that I could have gone easy 50 years, never would have thought about that song again. That's what happened when I was listening to this album. <laughs> I was like, wait, I think I know this song. Oh, yeah, from fucking preschool, I know this song. <laughs> I think I know this song. That's so funny. That's, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> Why am I hearing this song? Oh, man. Oh, dude. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so um, what else did we have? Oh, yeah. Uh, three out of ten. Ryuchi Sakamoto. Um, have never heard of him before oh, this, uh, him this project. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's 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 decent. Like, I feel like I should like it more because it's very jazzy. It's very, like, <laughs> lounge act. You wrote, eh, I just can't get into jazz, man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> well, I um, I don't know this guy. I, I did a little, like, finger wave of being stoked about it just because I've been so fucking into Japanese music lately. Oh, okay. I don't know if the man's Japanese. I'm going to... I'm pretty sure he is, yeah. Going to go out on a fairly <laughs> sturdy limb here and say if I was a gambling man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it smooth, well, not smooth jazz. Well, maybe smooth jazz. There are definitely types of jazz that aren't fun to listen to. Right. Yeah. Um, two out of ten, Sig Sig Sputnik. <laughs> You're getting one. a two. Um, it's a, yeah, it's got to be like Russian or German or some shit, right? With a name like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was bad. Um, I was kind of like I was optimistic at first. I actually, in fact, wrote pretty strong start. They have a song called "Love Missile," which sounds like European Billy Idol, and then the rest of the album is basically just dance music mixed with like these weird ass sound effects. Um, <laughs> I I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote this down, but I wrote just constant glow stick, glow stick, glow stick with the occasional car horn, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is not. <laughs> Which is how I would sum up Sig Sig Sputnik. <laughs> glow stick, glow stick, glow stick, car horn. New band name. <laughs> That's super fucking funny, dude. Glow stick, glow That's pretty much how I feel about most electronic music. <laughs> right. Right. I hate to show my age here, but it's true, man. I don't. You don't get jazz. I don't get EDM. I'm missing something. Yep. I hear you. <laughs> glow stick, glow stick, car horn. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Then uh, right after that, another two out of ten is Kraftwerk, which is pretty basically much pretty much the same thing. Uh, um, yeah. Just some like electronic Daft Punk vibes, but just like there are people that fucking love Kraftwerk, and I don't get it. <laughs> I think it's overrated. I did see something crazy. I don't know if it was real. Because if it is real, it's one of the most interesting things ever. And it was Kraftwerk during one of their first live performances doing Kraftwerk shit for this giant room, this this venue of college kids. And they're all sitting on the ground, staring in utter amazement. No one's dancing. I don't even know if they're enjoying it. <laughs> But they are just like in awe, just staring 
absorbing what they were doing. And I will admit, I have a higher appreciation for Kraftwerk seeing them do it. Am I going to crank it up? No, I'm not going to listen to it in my free time. I think they're overrated. Thank you. But they are important, (laughs) and they do deserve a place, and there's a reason we still talk about Kraftwerk. I just go back and listen to it, and I'm like, well, okay. Like, uh, it's one of those bands that you feel guilty that you don't like. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, that's, I mean, me with a lot of the bands on this list for sure. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's my thing. So I agree. You give two out of 10 to a Kraftwerk album, and I'm not the guy who's going to judge you for that. I'm probably going to agree with you. Well, I appreciate that. And then the last stinker on this list is, um, to no surprise, Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water. I gave it a two out of 10. Damn. So here's the thing. I, we probably had this discussion before. I really do not like Paul Simon. And I like Art Garfunkel even less. <laughs> so, um, in the movie, Rudd, uh, John Cusack's character, he has a quote. He says, liking both Marvin Gaye and Art Garfunkel is like supporting both the Israelis and the Palestinians. Oh, wait, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm on team Marvin Gaye, absolutely. Um, God, I just cannot. Uh, it's, it's boring, man. It's just, um, oh, something interesting about this album. I guess why I gave it a two instead of a one. Um, they have a song called... The Only Living Boy in New York, which I was like, oh, I know this song. And that's because there's a reggae group on one of my reggae playlists um, by a group called The Tinners um, that they do a song called The Weather Report. And I was like, oh, I fucking love this song. But then I was like, wait, The Tinners do it better. (laughs) So it's not a good look. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, yeah, that's that was pretty much the worst of the worst. Um, I'm going to try to make this real quick because I know we're going long. That's okay. Um, what do I really want to tell you about? Um, okay. Um, here's something that I really want to tell you about. Velvet Underground, White Light, White Heat. I oh, really like yeah. Velvet Underground. Um, I don't think White Light, White Heat is my favorite album uh, by them. Um but this album, you have to listen to at least one song. There's a song called The Gift. It's just, you know, typical Velvet Underground style where there's music going on. And then the singer is just like talking the whole time. Right. And I'm listening to it at work. So I'm like, you know, trying to focus on like, what was, trying to focus on like working. But also like, man, I got to pay attention. What is he saying? So I couldn't fucking understand him. I don't know if like it was mixed not very well, but um, I look up the lyrics to this song called The Gift, which is an eight minute song and he's talking the whole time. Um, Here's what the song is about. (laughs) He's telling the story of his wife. So it's this guy. It's told from the story of this guy whose wife moves out of town for work and he starts to get jealous thinking like she's away cheating on him. So he comes up with this crazy idea um, to put himself in this cardboard box and mail himself uh, from Pennsylvania where he's at to his wife in Wisconsin so he's like, I'm going to surprise her. I'm going to like, you know, do this thing. I'm going to I'm going to do this romantic gesture. So he puts himself in a box and mails himself while 
well so he's fast forward to the eight minutes into the song um it's the wife she's like she's with her you know friend or whatever and her friend's like hey you have this package on the step like let's see what it is so they go to like try to open this box and she's like oh i can't open it and she's like oh give me those scissors so she's like trying to open this box she stabs the dude and he's dead (laughs) the guy dies that's the song it's eight minutes of (laughs) Of telling the story of this guy thinks his wife's cheating on him. Oh, and then also, his wife was cheating on him. So, but I just, I just thought that was interesting. I wanted to tell you about that. It's a crazy ass song huh. on that album. <laughs> now, I'm really into true crime. Uh, true crime. Um, okay. As is your wife. That's actually sure. You know, yeah, she loves it. Yeah, that that's one of the things we bonded over. There is one thing. Where uh, the story that I heard, and well, not that I heard, I actually watched a very long video about it. Okay, I'm sorry. Real fast, I watch this channel called Explore With Us, and they take police interrogation videos, like unedited, like the three-hour police interrogation video, (laughs) and I'll watch it all. And they'll just yeah. add in little, like, psychological blurbs and stuff like that. I watched a whole fucking thing, dude. Dude, you know what? I think my algorithm is starting to think that I'm into that shit because that started showing up on my YouTube. I got oh, some really? TikToks about it. And then I'm, you know, me, I'm kind of like you. I started watching this, like, interrogation thing on TikTok. And then I'm kind of, I'm sitting there watching it for, like, two minutes. And then I'm like, what the fuck? This TikTok video is, like, 24 minutes long. I didn't even know you could <laughs> do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus Christ. Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, but what's funny is that there was a case that I saw and it was on that page uh with the police interrogation video where basically this woman calls 911 because according to her, her and her boyfriend were hanging out, having a fun night, drinking. They decide to play hide and seek and he hid in the suitcase or in a suitcase. <laughs> Um, like, or a big luggage thing. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, then he fucking suffocated to death because that's what happens. Yep, for sure. And she, <laughs> you know, was like, I don't know what happened. And then they're like, oh, well, he has blunt force trauma, so clearly you threw him down a flight of stairs. Yeah. So, yeah, Yikes. pretty wild. But it, it, it kind of reminded, when you were talking about the song, kind of reminded me of that. And I was like, hmm, that's weirdly similar because it was, yeah, it was, it was weirdly similar. Yeah, yeah, that is. I kind of think that the Velvet Underground is a lot like Kraftwerk. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they're good. They were important. But mm-hmm. were they that important? That's what bothers me about Velvet Underground. I think you can get rid of them. And I don't think music really changes. I think that mm. the people that were into <laughs> Velvet Underground were people that were, like, arty. You know, I think mm-hmm. it helped shape more of that, like, art centric like new york scene of music but also fucking uh andy warhol is really weird and (laughs) yeah i don't know man my least favorite era of art i fucking hate art deco bullshit i hate andy warhol he honestly i get that honest to god like i get it it's like it's interesting but like and then you know when we talk about industry industry plants and then we all have the fucking audacity to not act like Velvet Underground wasn't. It, it was just a band that Andy Warhol got into and then wanted to make popular. So he did. And then they put the chicken and their music got worse. Like, it's... 
That's fair. But I mean, like Lou Reed, though, he had a pretty successful music career outside of Velvet Underground. I think that's his um, best work. Yeah. I love, <laughs> yeah, like honestly, I love most of what he did after Velvet Underground. I'm not, yeah. I'm not as, I don't gotcha. think the, they play one chord. They play one chord yeah. the whole fucking time. Well, I mean, yeah, I get that. Like, I like Velvet Underground, but then I just shit on that eight minute weird ass song where the guy doesn't sing a lick of it. <laughs> I, I just don't get it maybe i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm being narrow-minded no nah, i get that um okay real quick i absolutely want to tell you about so there's a scene in the movie where um laura rob's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend um her dad dies so one of my favorite parts of the movie is that he's on the phone having this like serious conversation with her um and then he goes out and tells her that um tells he goes out to the the record store and tells like jack black's character and that other guy that hey laura's dad died and then he goes back into his office to um complete the phone call while he's doing that jack black's character is like okay what's your top five songs to sing at a funeral? (laughs) And so they're just like making this game up out of, you know, this tragic thing that just happened. Um, So I thought this was hilarious. Um, So I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I I just so happened to be listening to these, these five or six albums around the same time I was getting ready to go to a funeral. Um, Like kind of on the way to the funeral, I was listening to one of these albums. (laughs) And kind of while I was at the funeral, I was kind of listening to myself. I had my AirPods in, you know. (laughs) Hey, top five songs about death. Allure's Dad tribute list. Okay? Okay. Leader of the pack. The guy fucking beefs it on his motorcycle and dies, right? Dead Man's Curve, Jan and Dean. Do you know that right after they recorded that song, Jan himself um, crashed his... It was Dean, you fucking idiot. It was Jan. It was a long time after this. Okay, whatever. Tell Laura I love her. That would bring the house down. Laura's mom could sing it. You know what I'd want? One Step Beyond by Madness. No, 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 no. When are you going home? In a minute. When I get it together. And uh, you can't always get what you want. No, immediate disqualification because of its involvement with the big chill. Oh, God, you're right. Um, Mom wants you to come to the funeral. Oh, me? Yeah, because my dad really liked you, and Mom never told him we'd split because he wasn't up to it. Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Bastard, that's so good, that should have been mine. Do you, um, do you want me there? I don't care, as long as you don't expect me to hold your hand. Is Ray going? No. The night Laura's daddy died. Brother, what a night it really was. Mother, what a night it really and Gina's tough. Glory be. Brother, what a night it really was. Brother, what a night and Gina's tough. So anyway, um, yeah, so in that album, or that uh, little clip I just we just played, um, Hopefully. W- my favorite thing about it is, like, it's a minute and a half clip, but you heard they listen, they list off, like, eight different musicians. So I literally had to listen to all eight of those albums um, that they mentioned, and they are the top five songs to sing at a funeral, um, which is, where did I lost it? It's too, too big of a f- spreadsheet. 
Uh, okay, yeah. So leader of the pack, Shangri-La is the guy beefs it on his motorcycle. Uh, presenting Ray Peterson. Um, they do Kansas, uh, Point of No Return. Nope, that's... Ah, fuck. That's the top five track one side ones. Where am I? Might as well edit this out, too. Yeah, I see where you have the I don't see where your list is at all, so I'm I'm a little confused myself. I'm trying to help you out, but I don't know how you got this thing formatted. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I no, it was I'm just gonna have to skip around a little bit. So the song top five songs to sing at a funeral were uh Leader of the Pack, Shangri La's, Ray Peterson presenting Tell Laura I Loved Her. That's the song from the movie. Oh, okay. Um, Jan and Dean, Dead Man's Curve, Jimmy Cliff, uh, Wonderful World, Beautiful People, Paper Lace, The Night Chicago Died, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Um, and then, yeah, Rolling Stones, Can't Always uh, Get What You Want. And then The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald and Be- Madness, One Step Beyond. Oh, and Aretha Franklin and Gladys Knight. So anyway, all of those seven rate albums happened in those minute and a half clip, oh. and I had to listen to all of them. So that's why I was listing those off. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay, no, that makes total sense. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just thought I would help bridge the gap. For you, it lasted a minute and a half. For me, it was like five hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, man. Dude, I'm I'm still like scrolling through this, and it's just wild. <laughs> um, there's a couple albums I see on here. Did you, did you have anything more? Couldn't I maybe hop in and do my little quick take? I have one more story that I need to tell you. Yeah, 100%. And then yeah. we'll get into your take. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So one of the songs he mentions on the top five track, One Side Ones, was Massive Attack. Um, and I have always been aware of Massive Attack because they do that song from House. But yeah. I never really listened to Massive Attack. Yeah, yeah. Can't recommend. I give this. A, I gave this album a three out of ten. You sure did. <laughs> And so, so here's why. Here's what happened. So a couple weekends ago, I got really, really drunk on Saturday night. Like top five drunkest I've ever been. Sunday morning, I'm driving back to Fort Wayne. It's like a 45 minute drive. And I'm like, well, I guess I could knock out one more album. So I put on Massive Attack thinking, oh, it'll be kind of chill, electronic. It'll be a good idea. Right. Terrible idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I remember a while back, we were talking about, you used to like, you told me the story where you and your friends would like listen to this weird ass music and drive at <laughs> middle of the night and you were almost kind of like tripping out, but you were like completely sober. Yeah, we would listen to Echoes on NPR. <laughs> yes. That's right. Oh, wow. You're throwing it back, buddy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I- I thought of you because I had that moment. Dude, Sunday morning, I was so hungover. Um, I had a little bit of a tummy ache. Um, <laughs> and I thought it would help by drinking like a five-hour energy, which I never drink. So I was in the weirdest mood, man. I was about to fall asleep, but I was like super anxious. Yeah, wide awake at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. It was such a bad time. And the whole time I'm thinking like, man, I got to turn this music off. This is really fucking weird. It's tripping me out. Basically like what massive attack is like this kind of like weird sub rhythmic 
music every once in a while but it changes so often and there are all these like crazy sound effects and stuff that just happen randomly so like while I'm driving and kind of zoning out they'll just play this like swing and I'll be like what the fuck was that I'm back in it I guess <laughs> okay out of all the albums I have to listen to this because I'm like 10 out of 10 dude <laughs> like that is hilarious <laughs> Like that is it's so weird. <laughs> the funniest Just don't listen to it while you're driving because you may like wreck or something. That's what I was worried about. Well, here's what would happen. We would listen what we would listen to on Echoes on NPR would be this thing. I, I'm not even hundred percent confident it was on NPR, by the way. I don't know what it was on. I'm, I I it, I don't know if it was called Echoes or it was called Soundscapes. I don't remember. I think it was Echoes. But what would happen is um, at the time, Aaron's girlfriend worked late at like a restaurant at Fazoli's. Coincidentally. Okay, yeah. Um, God, also Fazoli's is the fucking worst food. But anyways. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, yeah, off topic. Uh, we'd have to go pick her up late from work or whatever. Well, Aaron happened upon echoes which would be about two solid hours of just movie scores and like ethereal jams that you hear yeah. it, it, it's like it, it's like you're watching lord of the rings and it's the epic background music that you're not really paying attention to but like each song would be like a half hour. So it took us about an hour to get there. So, I mean, we would listen yeah. to only two songs. Right, yeah. And what <laughs> happened was Aaron figured out if he if you just turned it up all the way, it would fuck with you. <laughs> and what would happen is we would be driving down, you know what I mean, late at night. We're talking, I think it came on at midnight. So you're talking 12.30, 1 a.m., 1.30 a.m., <laughs> it's going 75 down a highway <laughs> just the headlights windows down and we've just got ethereal fucking jams coming out the window but every yeah. now and then what would happen is he would turn it down and be like i gotta take a break i zoned out for a minute i forgot i was driving <laughs> right yes yes that's so crazy oh it's so funny i had the same experience and then okay quick side story it also reminded me of well that story reminds me of um when i was like in college for summer breaks i worked at a golf course um and i don't know if i ever told you this story but um while one summer one of my friends there came into work and we had you know you work on a golf course you have to be there at like five six in the morning yeah yeah one of my friends was like hungover. He had like not even gone to sleep the night before. And he comes into work like basically still kind of drunk yeah. at like five or six in the morning. And then like she's trying to hide it. And he's like, oh, we got all of a sudden we have to go do our jobs. So he gets assigned to like mowing the greens duty, which is a pretty big job. You have yeah. to drive a lawnmower <laughs> like super hungover. Um, so after a while, somebody comes up on like a like on a golf cart and he's like, hey, did you hear about Abe? Sorry, Abe, I use your real name. Um <laughs> I was like, no, what happened? He's like, yeah, man, he really fucked up the green on like hole seven. I was like, what? What happened? He's like, he was driving like he's, you know, trimming the green and he just like fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so he's mowing this like really short grass on a green. He goes out into the collar and then the fairway and then like the rough. It's like as short as like it's as short as the green is. And I know you're not a big golfer, but the green is like barely even there. The rough is like four inches. Yeah. <laughs> so you could just see like yeah. one strip. Um, and we asked him like, hey, man, what what happened? Are you OK? He's like, yeah, man, I was like pretty drunk last night slash this morning and uh, I was listening to the Inception soundtrack <laughs> on, my, on my iPod. <laughs> Hans Zimmer, baby. Dude. He was like, yeah, man, I was listening to the Inception soundtrack and like, I don't know, man, I don't know what happened. I, I thought I was asleep and then I was like kind of going in and out of it. So <laughs> I love that it was the Inception soundtrack. Yeah, oh, yeah. man, that is so funny. That... I'm pretty sure it was Hans Zimmer. I'm going to look it up because literally because of Echoes, me and Aaron were obsessed with Hans Zimmer. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Obsessed. Mitch, to the point that we would pull up his Wikipedia page, we'd find one we hadn't heard and look it up. We (laughs) thought Hans Zimmer was a fucking... Well, he is a genius. I mean, he's he's, he's one of the most prolific and probably most decorated, like, composers. He's fantastic, It pretty much goes like uh, fucking um, John Williams and then Hans Zimmer, you know? And John Williams... I mean, Hans Zimmer has more stuff. John Williams just has stuff that's more iconic, but God, Hans Zimmer is a fucking... Yeah, that's what happened, Mitch. We started, like, getting into, like, music, (laughs) like, movie scores and, like, oh, you know, this fucking... Actually, that's how we got into Oingo Boingo. Oh, okay. Because of Danny Elfman. So we heard... Gotcha. The wild... That's right, yeah. We heard the wildest Danny Elfman song ever composed... And then, you know, the NPR guy was like, well, that was Danny Elfman for doing this movie. Uh, some of us might remember that he was in Oingo Boingo. And we're like, that's <laughs> not real. Right. <laughs> what is Oingo Boingo? <laughs> right. So, yeah, we, we had a very weird musical journey there for, <laughs> I want to say a few weeks. Eventually, I think we stopped, but yeah (laughs) uh wow uh so that was pretty much all i like needed to tell you so um yeah what about you do you have any questions about anything i listened to and haven't really talked about yet (laughs) not really man i think you covered it i think um i i was looking through here the only things that i really saw that i was like kind of um i was really surprised that you like frank zappa I mean, you gave... Dude, yeah. I'm kind of afraid to go down the Frank Zappa, ra- Frank Zappa rabbit hole because I know I'm just not going to like it as much. But the reason I picked out the Hot Rats album because I've heard people say that, like, it's the most digestible. Like, if you're going to yeah. listen to Frank Zappa, listen to Hot Rats. Um, because the rest is just really fucking weird. And I really did like Frank Zappa. He had some, like, kind of, like... Uh, his lead guitar player was amazing. It was this kind of, like, bluesy rock mixed with a little bit of prog. Um, Are you sure it wasn't yeah. Zappa? C- could be him. I, I was yeah. going to say, because that <laughs> dude is incredibly sick at guitar. I am so that... Yeah, I'm that unfamiliar with Frank Zappa that I didn't know that that was him on guitar. Yeah, I mean, mainly in the composition part, but yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, well, we were talking about how Gene Simmons had a solo album, which I'm sure is fucking terrible. Yep, it's real bad. Yep. Um, yeah, he's the my biggest takeaway from Gene Simmons is that most of his songs are these like 
teenage-esque lyrics that are mostly just sex references yep. that are like, hee hee, look what I'm saying. He's got a song called Tunnel of Love. The lyrics are Tunnel of Love, Tunnel of Love. I've got to visit your Tunnel of Love. That's about pussy. Like, yeah, you know, and look, I'm going to say it. That's how I fucking feel about Kiss. I don't. Yeah. I, I like Detroit Rock City. I could, I could leave the rest of it. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean, I don't hate them. It's just, you know, they're not good. Uh, I love that you gave 8 out of 10 on Green Day's Nimrod. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Yeah, dude. Fucking people sleep on Green Day. <laughs> As someone who has listened to their entire fucking catalog. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of love. A lot of love. A lot of love there. Uh, Machine Head, yeah. you gave 8 out of 10 for Deep Purple. Yeah. Yeah. Machine Head is pivotal to me understanding rock music. Also... Who hates Smoke on the Water, dude? Uh, I mean, it's overplayed. Like, it was the first... It's the it's one of those first songs you learn on guitar, so then it's just like, every time you go into a guitar center, it's like this guy that just picked up a guitar, and he's like, here's Smoke on the Water. Uh, People <laughs> say that. Mitch, I promise to God I've never heard that happen in a guitar store. Really? I've never heard... I, I, I honestly have. I'm not making that up. No, I believe you. The only one I have heard is Sweet Child of Mine. Okay, okay. Well, I respect that a little bit differently because, like, Smoke on the Water is so easy to play. <laughs> like, Sweet Child of Mine is not. Well, okay. First off, Sweet Child of Mine is. Second off. I mean, yeah. You're kind of, yeah. yeah. Do you know how to play Smoke on the Water the right way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it doesn't do. make it harder, <laughs> but it's not as easy. It's not 035. Right. That's not how you play Smoke on the Water. Totally. Yeah. So, in all fairness, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I also want to talk about um, Stiff Little Fingers while we were on the Green Day uh, topic because um, in the movie, he's talking about, you know, he's talking to this girl and he's like, oh, yeah, she's buying this Green Day album. And she's like, oh, yeah, do you know who, like, you know, Green Day's, like, um, influences were? And she's like, yeah, The Clash and, like, Stiff Little Fingers. And I was like, okay, I've never really listened to Stiff Little Fingers. Maybe I should check yeah, them out. Um fantastic dude it's fucking oh, yeah. fantastic i wrote down that i listened to that album right after i listened to the green day album and i wasn't fully paying attention i thought it was still green day. right it literally sounds like green day but it's from like the 70s yeah it's a very good album i kind of i fuck hard with stiff little fingers yeah that's dope that's fucking dope uh i i and yeah and i also haven't heard them so i'd like to go back <clears throat> um other than that yeah, that's all I really got. I just saw a few. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you like this? Did you see this? Um, I listened to Joni Mitchell's Blue. I wrote down, it ain't no Weezer Blue album. Tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Um, I really like Joni Mitchell, though. I'm glad you gave her uh, No, I do, I do like Joni Mitchell, yeah. That was a solid album. Yeah. The other thing I noticed about that album is I also had to listen to it on YouTube because uh, it was not on Spotify. Um, in the comment section... <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Go pull up any Joni Mitchell album. I'm sure it's all the same on YouTube and read through the comments. It is like 70 year old dudes just like Joni Mitchell saved my life. She's so beautiful. I love her. I love her. It's just like like she's actually going to read the comments. Anyway, she's a big deal, man. Yeah, I don't know what it it was about her, but (laughs) I think we might have both been there. Um, There's only. Okay, I. I did think this was kind of funny. Well, first off, with Machine Head, you pointed out how good Highway Star is. 
fucking incredible. Oh, Highway Star is great. It kind of made me laugh that you put kind of a modern Black Sabbath because <laughs> if your spreadsheet is believed to be true, the album came out in 72. I mean, Sabbath came out with their first album in 69. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, and wait, I might be wrong about this. Isn't there some crossover between Black Sabbath and Deep Purple? Didn't they share like a guitarist or something? Oh, you're thinking of what Rainbow. Did, I'm think I'm thinking of Rainbow. Yeah, Randy Rhodes, Richie Black. Was he in Rainbow? No, Richie. Oh, yeah, because Randy Rhodes. Uh, I'm all fucked up. You're thinking of Richie Blackmore, who is the guitarist for Deep Purple. Did Rainbow with Ronnie James Dio? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You're down. I I think it's been a minute since I've kept up on that. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, yeah, no, I uh, thought it was interesting. Um, y- there's one that you saw. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's. Uh, I'm gonna talk about two more, and we're gonna move on. Elton John, you gave a six out of ten for too low for zero. I wouldn't know. You put I love Elton John. Hey man, I don't. You're not not an Elton John guy. I I have a lot of respect <laughs> for him. But man, I just listen to his music and there's like two or three songs I like. I hate Crocodile Rock. If I ever oh, yeah. hear Crocodile <laughs> Rock, dude, that honestly blind rage that will send me into. I for sure hate Crocodile Rock. Yeah. Um I think that's why I only gave him a six out of ten because his hits are hits. But the B-sides are B-sides. Yeah. For a reason. I kind of think that he should fucking pay for his shitty fucking filler on his albums. (laughs) I think he should. Um, Nirvana do a Nevermind, 10 out of 10. I do think that's accurate. However, I do think the worst Nirvana album. Ooh. Okay. I think you've said this before, and you're wrong about it, but... I I would say that it's, it's not even hard. I think Bleach is a better album. Never mind. Easy. Yeah. And then in utero is, I think, a magnum opus of rock and roll. And I, even to be honest with you, Incesticide, their album that they released as B-sides, might be a little bit bad. It's just more character. It's just more who yeah. they were. That. Well, you know. and also, um, I, I mean, I can definitely see that for you because you're a grunge fan. Yeah, yeah. I like deep Nirvana Nevermind because, well, some of the other like albums I reviewed in this, like I had to listen to a bunch of punk albums. And I, I came to the conclusion that I fucking love The Clash. I love Stiff Little Fingers. There's also a punk band called GBH that is way too much fucking punk for me. It's, it's way too thrashy. And when punk starts to get thrashy, that's where I'm not, I'm not on board. Whereas you love thrash and you love grunge, so I mean, I can see, I come back to, it, I can see why you love like Bleach and in utero. Yeah, true. I don't shy away from that. And true, yes. And we've actually had the conversation about metal a thousand times that you're just not really a metal guy, but I think you're edging yeah. closer. I'm getting there. We're yeah. going to get you there. We're going to get you there. Righty then. Okay. Cool. Yep. We're good. Um, so. <laughs> we'll wrap it up fairly quickly here. But, Mitch, you did this. How do you feel after doing it? Was it worth it? I absolutely think so. Yeah, like I said, it was kind of a break from the norm. Um, 
you know, I spend all day, every day listening to music. So what would happen if I take all that time and focus on a goal, no matter how pointless that goal is? Um, you know, part of the reason we started this podcast, is because I want to learn more about music, even if it's not necessarily music that's like my cup of tea. But now, if someone starts talking about Velvet Underground at a party, and I'll, I can just be like, hey, what about that song where the guy shoves himself in a box and then fucking dies? That's weird, right? right? Yeah before this project i wouldn't have known that um you know i've heard like vague references to a lot of these bands um but now i kind of have a little bit more ammo to be like oh yeah that's what this is like um another one i wrote down charlie rich um we didn't talk about this charlie right uh rich is basically like elvis if elvis sucked ass um (laughs) so elvis (laughs) i mean yeah charlie rich sounds like their non-rocking part of Elvis. Like if Elvis Ooh. only ever did gospel music, oh, that's Charlie Rich. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. But anyway, yeah, no, I mean, now I know that and that's something that is cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I think it was worth it. Cool. Well, a lot of, a lot of respect, a lot of respect, a lot of props to you. I will probably end up doing some episode like this. Uh, I think you should. Yeah, I'll do it for singles because it will be, music heavy but i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go outside of that because singles does not make as many music references yeah um but there is a lot i want to talk about uh with that movie so yeah i'm sure i'll do an episode like that well we'll break with format a little bit here we're not going to talk about what you cranking and actually i went down there because obviously we know what you've been listening to way too <laughs> much sure. music please for haven't had any time to listen to anything else yeah for the love of god <laughs> take a break listen to some podcasts um <laughs> But I was thinking about this while we took our break. I, I had to go down there and talk to Charlotte for a minute. And we were and I was thinking about it, and I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up because you got talked about high fidelity for like an hour and a half. So, sure, <laughs> uh, I told you that uh, really. So every time we do what you're cranking, I have the honest answer and an interesting answer. I tend to lean towards the honest answer this time. I'm doubling down. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. Bring I it. have been listening to the <laughs> Hobbit audiobook. And using that as my way through The Hobbit. I'm a big Lord of the Rings head for whatever reason. I've been getting really into Lord of the Rings lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doubling down. And I was like, you know, The Hobbit is a book I never read. I never actually, well, I never actually read the books. Okay. I've never, so yeah. I started to read the first Lord of the Rings book. Um, I And then haphazardly, I found the uh, audiobook for The Hobbit on Spotify for free, which is why I'm not going to say anything else because I don't think they legally can do what they're doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool, cool, But I cool. think I figured out how they cheated the system. So it's just cool, but it's it's my way to, you know, to essentially mm-hmm. read The Hobbit. Right. I will say that I don't think audiobooks and reading are the same thing. I was just, I was going to talk about that, but I didn't want to sound pretentious. Like, I've never once listened to a... F- single audiobook because when i read i like to like you know i like to have the book i like to you know if it's my book i like to highlight shit and i you know mark the pages and shit like that but that being said i also don't really read books anyway so i can't even say that well <laughs> so maybe i should just get on board with audiobooks you yeah you do read books but what i've we and we've had this conversation as friends countless times you don't really dig fiction yeah, true. Even whether it's fantasy, not fantasy. I mean, you know, you really have never talked about fiction in a, in a very meaningful way. You like TV shows. You like movies. You don't like fiction books. 
That's true. Yeah, you know, I mean, just reading a book, and this is, I'm going to sound so dumb, but like reading books is like such a task that in my opinion, like if I'm going to, you know, devote the time to sit down and read this book, I want to come away with something. And usually that something is like, okay, I want to know more about like the books I've been reading lately. And by lately, I mean, like a year ago is um, Jeff Tweedy wrote some books. So I want to know more about Jeff Tweedy. But I completely understand the side of things like, you know, the things that you want to get out of books is like, you know, this fantasy story, this awesome fictional story. And I think that is a really fucking good thing. And I wish that I could, you know, I I just can't do it. Well, and, and I think that you like come down hard on yourself, kind of like you're doing now, because you know what you're <laughs> really good at, because uh, you're good at you, you you're good at reading. It's just fiction you're not interested <laughs> in because what you're really that's fair. You, you're you're a pragmatic, practical kind of guy. You like to read real stories that happen. You can read instructions very well and learn them and do that. Like you're you you know what I mean? Like it I hate reading things that tell me what to do. I literally step one, fuck off. You know better than me. <laughs> you know better than me. You know? <laughs> you know so that's that reminded me of a uh, pete holmes joke he's got a joke where he's like yeah i bought a paper shredder and then i shredded the manual <laughs> <laughs> because i figured if this doesn't work i'll read the manual <laughs> oh my god that's fucking that that is amazingly smart that's right. so genius <laughs> but i i spend a lot of time in my head so, you know, reading a book that brings out, you know, my imagination, I get to do stuff. Here's the thing about the audiobook is the audiobook, the way that these people did it pretty much independently and maybe slightly illegally, uh, they have background sounds and music. So The Hobbit got made into movies, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a song in the books that the dwarves sing. And in the movies, they took the song that actually is in The Hobbit and then... Oh, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, figured out how to make it yeah. into, you know, what it what it became. Um, but they what they did was they took the audio from the movie and put that into this audiobook. So when it comes to that part of the story and the dwarves start singing the song, it's that song. And I was like, well, okay, this is pretty cool. Mm. Here's here's why I'm talking about it. Tolkien did something I didn't know he did. Because like I said, I've never read The Hobbit. I only watched the movies. The amount of singing that is in The Hobbit is <laughs> probably about four times more than I thought it was. Wow. And I use that number because there's been on four separate occasions, random times where I'm listening to the audiobook, and what they did was they actually made songs based around what's in Tolkien's uh, book. Okay. So what is also interesting is that Tolkien used song as a way to do magic in his stories. So what was really interesting to me is that the bad guys sing, too. So there's a scene where Bilbo and the dwarves and Gandalf, they're all stuck up in these trees because they had to run away from wolves. The orcs find them. And then the mm. orcs are like, ha ha, let's, you know, burn <laughs> them out, boys. So they start lighting the trees on fire and, you know, and they start singing to them, you know, birds, birds, fly away. And it's this song. And I thought it was really interesting. But then Gandalf sings back. And he's like, boy, little boys, little boys, you know, 
fly away. And I was like, what's happening right now? <laughs> but I thought it was super interesting because in Tolkien's world, one of the most interesting parts of it is the magic and how he does that. And mm-hmm. he views magic. I, I think that he wrote magic to be a part of like the earth and a part of a spiritualness that we're disconnected from. And his stories, the people and the strong magical characters have a way to tap into that. One of the way is through songs. And that's why people sing. So the dwarves, when they're tired and have had a long day and they're all hanging out, they all sit down and sing a song about their homeland. And it's the Misty Mountain song. Mm-hmm. And they all sing this, but it happens multiple times. And they add verses to the song as they go on their adventure. I just thought it was super fucking cool. Like, because, yeah. like, Tolkien took the... I mean, you know, we all... You know, we understand Tolkien enough. But, I mean, this is a guy who invented a fucking language that I'm pretty confident you could major in, by the way. You could get a major right. in Elvish, yeah. <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um <laughs> But he also had, he had to have a giant propensity to music because you don't write, Gan- because when we, I, I know you're not into this stuff, but when you think about Gandalf, I know what you don't think of him is sitting in a tree and singing at orcs because they kind of just wrote a diss track about him. So like Gandalf is like kind of <laughs> right. hitting him with a diss track back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is true when you put it that way. And I just thought that was super cool. (laughs) And it was this weird way that these characters are sort of like intimidating one another. You know what I mean? They're trying Mm -hmm. to cause them fear. And one of the ways they do that is is in song, which also what's interesting about Tolkien is like that's kind of how humans work. You know, some of our first stories weren't written. They were sung Mm because that was how you remembered them. Because you yeah. had a melody. Dinah, won't you blow your horn? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I was kind of thinking Beowulf, but sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but a lot, but but most of our early stories weren't written; they were sung. And I find that incredibly interesting. And then just listening to this audio book, what made the what made me so interested in it, and one of the things that I thought was really cool that they were doing is they incorporated song, because in books. How do you write a song down, right? Well, I think somehow Tolkien could, where people can take it and kind of have an idea of what he was doing and take that and extrapolate on it and actually turn it into a song. Or if someone told me that Tolkien wrote the fucking song, I'd honestly believe him at this point. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) I just thought it was really interesting. It made me think about music and song and like the, the history of humanity in a really different way. Wow, that yeah, no, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, it's yeah. this weird interconnectedness. So when I hear these people doing this audiobook and and you know interpreting the songs that Tolkien put in his book, um, you know, it kind of it it was really weird because he wrote that in fucking like 1937. You know what I mean? Wow, like it was a long ass time ago, and I feel like I'm hearing. And it was also good. I don't know if maybe the song already existed or they did. I don't know. It just, it engrossed me so much into the story at a point of just like, yeah, Harry Potter's stupid. It doesn't have any songs, (laughs) you know? I know in like Goblet of Fire, they have the song with the toads or whatever. I don't think that's in the book. And they're just making shit up. 
<coughs> so anyways, I don't know. I had this really weird existential intrinsic thing with music, and I was like, see, once again, while this podcast really gives us little to no benefit, I appreciate doing it because we're talking about something that I think humans grew out of the primordial ooze and not that long after in the grand scheme of time song was invented. Yeah. And I think there is something intrinsic about humans and music and song that you could, you could wipe the slate clean and start again. And somebody eventually will start to sing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's fucking really interesting. I think that is the most powerful thing I've ever heard, and that's probably the reason we have this podcast. Yeah, I think so. I, I a lot of it seems silly and stupid, and you know we barely just grazed any kind of surface of anything. I feel, um, but that's why I'm jazzed about it, man. There's a reason it just feels so important to talk about. You know what I mean? Like it, it just. I, I just feel like we have to. Like I feel like we just have. Even if this is our own thing, and. 12 people <laughs> listen to it i'm like hey man it's i mean it's it's never ending it's important it's who we are as people fire song and dance and that's where society grew out of so mm-hmm. i don't know i just yeah yeah i'm like walking to the gas station listening to the hobbit and i'm just like <laughs> you know what i mean i'm sitting there with the head in my hands like oh my god <laughs> is music god dude <laughs> so anyways that was my experience with listening to the hobbit on audiobook so <laughs> right on man i love it that's awesome so that's what i'm in cranking but anyways uh mitch you got anything to add you good uh no i mean i think i'm gonna sit out this uh this week's round of what you cranking because i've just talked about it for an hour and a half um i think that's about it man um yeah yeah, I got nothing. That's sure, it. sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to me. Oh yeah, no, you, dude, you do. You, I, admittedly, I'm jealous. You do such a good job organizing your thoughts, portraying it in like an interesting, digestible way. And I just am still like disappointed in my grunge episode because it was two parts, and I feel like I still didn't get it right. You know what I mean? No, man. I mean, at the end of the day, we only made it two parts because at the end we were like, we've been recording for a really long time. Let's uh, let's take a week off. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway. yeah. No, well, thank you, man. But I I don't know. It didn't feel like it because I felt like some so much of this I had to like rush through because how do you condense forty seven hours of music into an hour and a half podcast? So I still don't feel like I did a great job. I rushed through it, but also at the same time I felt like I wouldn't shut the fuck up at certain points. So I'm, like, I'm content. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it was super <laughs> interesting. I mean, I don't think there was more artists and music that we could even talk about. I mean, we, the spectrum was covered. For Which sure. I think is kind of a point <laughs> of the movie too, so I I think I think you achieved the goal by all means. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that being said, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, Scotty is uh back. Uh, we have been riding him hard. He's been working on the ship, you know, uh, making upgrades, just you know, really getting it going. Uh, he's been a little bit of a dick about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like in a passive aggressive way, like in a very Scotty way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Little yeah, he'll he'll be like, you know, <laughs> like, well, yeah, I fixed the flux capacitor. I know none of you could. And it's like, all right, you know, you ain't got to say it that way. <laughs> like, we, we didn't hire you to be on microphone. So because you fixed the flux capacitor doesn't mean that, like, you should make us feel bad for not being able to fix the flux capacitor. For sure, yeah. And he listens to entirely too much craft work while he's doing it. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. It's like one week we're talking about Latin fusion. The other day, you know, he won't shut up about Daft Punk. And I'm like, dude, we all like Daft Punk. But that was like 13 years ago. Can you let it go? Where where are you from, Scotty? Where did you fucking? I tried to find his resume. I couldn't find it. It was gone. I don't even know. Did you? I don't even know if we hired him. No, he just showed up. All right. Well, thank you, Scotty, for working on the ship. But uh, once again. We really only hired you to beam us up. So, while I appreciate everything else you're doing, I, I, I hate to bring this up now, but your pay rate doesn't increase. In fact, it only kind of decreases if you don't beam us up appropriately. <laughs> and sometimes you kind of fuck the beaming us up thing because I'm still talking. You have beamed us up. And just, you know, I'm just saying the pay scale that we agreed upon was your ability to operate the beam. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit the goddamn Just button. Hit the button, man. You're a little lazy. I don't know if you're sitting there listening to craft work, getting lost. And just, you gotta pay attention and beam us up when we need beam up. That's all. Awesome.